0: And I prayed that night for help, for evidence. I actually prayed and the prayer was answered. They came to me that night. And as my arm was stretched out there, I could hear this voice saying something. And suddenly I felt my hand being squeezed. These are guardian angels.
1: Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. Our guest today is Mark Forientino. He was saved by his guardian angel. Mark explores how the universe really works based on his study and research of Einstein's unified field theory. He explains the pattern of God, who is connected to every one of us, and how the universe was created and how it will end. He is the author of The Master of Reality. Mark, welcome to Passion Harvest.
0: Thank you. It's good to be here. And this is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of good information I want to get out today.
1: Yes, and, and just the incredible mix of science and spirituality. It's incredible. One of my favorite subjects, well, aside from time, but I guess is angels. And I know you speak about how a, a guardian angel saved your life. Do you mind sharing that with the audience?
0: Yeah. Uh, over, over the years, I became aware of my first experience was with, with Martha McKay, a medium who told me I had two guardian angels, a male and a female. And and there was more said there, but I'll skip away from that. We'll go to the actual incidents that happened, incident that happened many years later. So at this point in time, I'm working at IBM and I'm driving home from work Uh, and I go this, uh, there's two paths, you know, there's a choice involved here. Uh, When I hit this T intersection, I can go left the quiet country roads, Takes a little longer, much less stressful. Or go right, lots of lights, lots of traffic. It's a little shorter. And if I get lucky, I get home five or 10 minutes earlier. And today, I'm thinking as I'm approaching the intersection, I think to myself, I'm going to go left today. Most of the time I do. And as soon as I thought that, then I hear a voice in my left ear. It voices clearly, don't go that way. And I look around behind me and I'm saying, it sounds like there's somebody in the car with me because I heard the voice, not in my head, I, coming into my ear. And and so I shook it off. I, I kind of was aware maybe this is a guardian angel experience, you know, because I know about them, but I'm a scientist and very skeptical and doubtful. Well, uh, I'm technology person. Let's just say that. And, um, I shook it off and I I started to turn and said, don't go that way again. And uh, so I just stopped and I'll let you guess, which way do you think I went?
1: You followed the guardian angel's advice. You're here today with, no?
0: No, I went that way because I'm still skeptical. So I I says, okay, not really thinking this well through, right? Right. Because uh, they wouldn't give you, they don't break protocol like that unless something serious is about to happen. And, um, but I needed proof. So I needed to go that way and see what happened, you know, see what the danger was. So I went that way instead of going the other way. Most people, I don't recommend you doing that. I recommend you follow the direction. <laughs> so I went that way, and I'm thinking, okay, there's going to be an accident, uh, maybe head-on collision, maybe in through an intersection. So I try to get behind a big vehicle and use them as a kind of a blocker. But I'm looking ahead the whole time, looking for something unusual to come at me. And about three-quarters of the way home, I'm going down this long Stretch of highway, a straight road, two lane. All of a sudden, I see this truck, a pickup truck, swerving wildly back and forth across the lanes. And all the other cars are pulling out because it's a pretty busy little road. And they're pulling into the ditch. And um, eventually, the van that was in front of me, he pulled out and went into a ditch. And then there's this guy coming right at me head on. I turned the wheel as hard as I could, spun and went wound up into the ditch. We missed by inches. And I remember looking as watching the guy go by as he was swerving in, back into the other lane now, spun around and then stopped in the middle of the road. Missed the accident only because I was aware of something coming. So I could look ahead to see what was going to happen and take action. And then as I sat there, I said to myself, the next time somebody tells you not to go that way, don't go that way. And I apologized to my guardian angel because the man, the spirit, the male, was uh, I've come to find out is responsible for making sure I don't exit early. As uh, we all have our guardian angels, mm-hmm. so one of their primary duties is not to, to uh, go out at an early exit point uh and and so i did manage to dodge it i did apologize i told my wife about it when i got home uh and um that's what happened that's really what happened and that i can't come up with any more rock solid evidence that we have guardian angels and they're helping us and it's for everyone not just me. I've heard other stories very similar. Actually happened to my wife as well. Um, this is more common than people realize. The m- big message here, what everybody should get, is there is an afterlife. There is a God. There is a Jesus. There is guardian angels. There are other types of guardian spirits uh, helping with the creation, helping with everything that's going on here. That's the bigger picture. That's the real picture. That's part of the immense whole picture of what's happening in this universe. We earthlings are just a little small chunk of reality. Even in this just this universe, there's more than likely, I've come to realize there's multiple universes, and they're spreading out toward infinity, and they're making new ones. God is making new ones all the time through the power of intention. So that's basically that one story. I've also seen guardian angels in my room at night. They came to me in a, a, years later in a very stressful situation to help let me know that they're there. Basically, that's all they wanted to do that night. And in that particular case, I see my mind is closed, but I'm in this state that happens sometimes when I wake up, and I'm still very relaxed. I hear this buzzing, and I can hear the other side. I could hear even moments in time, past history, old baseball games. It's like a radio playing in the background. And I, I, I see them like through my eyelids. I see these pinkish-orange objects moving around in the room. My hand, I'm sleeping on my side. with My hand extended forward. And this is a very stressful time. I was going through a divorce. There was other things going on. I was like a zombie. I was so intensely messed up uh, and stressed out. And I prayed that night for help, for evidence. I actually prayed. And the prayer was answered. They came to me that night. And as my arm was stretched out there, I could hear this voice saying something, and suddenly I felt my hand being squeezed. This is unusual, but fortunately, I have an open mind. I didn't panic. I didn't say, well, oh, there's ghosts in the room or something like that, a normal reaction. I said, no, these are guardian angels, and I've got to listen to what they're saying. So I would feel the squeeze on my hand, and then I would hear this sound it was metallic sounding. I wasn't able to quite make out what was being said. It sounded like zhi, zhi, zhing, zhing. And I said, okay, calm down. Listen carefully. I felt the squeeze in my hand. And then I, finally it broke through about the third time. And I heard the voice say, did you feel that? Did you feel that? And I thought in my head, I know, well, okay, I'm Communicate telepathically Yes I felt it I felt it I, I, I could feel this thing and, and then After a few more times It all just faded away All he wanted to do Is let me know That they were there That I was not alone Even though I'm going through This terrible time And uh, so there's more Personal experience I had They've given me evidence Beyond any shadow of a doubt That we are not alone here And that's kind of the message I want to give to people when they have their stressful moments in time to know and to pray. They hear all the prayers, everything throughout the universe. There's full awareness. We are at the center of God's attention. All of us, not just some of us, not just the important people and the president or whatever, everyone everywhere on this planet as well as every other planet so there's the message that people need to to understand the bigger picture is the real picture we're just a part of this smaller dimension the smaller universe that a place that we can experience things that can't quite happen there's suffering here there's there's difficulty these are the, this is the specialty of this earth realm. Uh, This is a place where you can struggle through things and learn to have faith, learn to believe, and acquire knowledge.
1: What? I mean, gosh, you're an incredible guest because you answer all my questions. (laughs) What a beautiful (laughs) message because so often we can feel like we're incredibly alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's by design. Um, As soon as, like Tom Campbell said, we're, we're avatars, right? The body is a um, a mechanism that was designed, uh, human body as well as any other alien that you might want to think of that exists out there, a specific avatar with certain traits, properties, uh, the mind is where the soul, the consciousness goes. So the mind is not your consciousness. It's the interface unit. It allows your consciousness to become aware of sensory inputs that uh, come through your eyes through your ears your touch all that is worked on magically in your mind and so that your consciousness can build like when you're looking and seeing things that's being built and manufactured in your brain your your whole ability to see is a miraculous thing that your brain works with your consciousness. Your consciousness can connect and experience this physical reality via your body and your brain. Your brain is not you. It is your personality type that uh, affects your thinking and your free will and choices, but is not ultimately you. It's a part of you for this life experience only.
1: And you spoke about suffering, and gosh, we suffer incredibly in our humanness. How in some way can we detach from that 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 brain and that suffering part of us to recognize that we are eternal beings?
0: Well, there is a way but it's really hard. I try to do it, uh, <laughs> and sometimes I'm successful, but but you you hit the key word there: detach in other words, instead of emotionally. Personally taking offense, you say, all right, well, they're in a bad state. They've said something. Maybe they don't really mean it, uh, or maybe they do. But if I just don't get angry about it and detach and then try to communicate in a loving way, a peaceful way, um, that's the best choice I can make. Mm -hmm. And, And what the problem is, you're in the dream. And you know, when you're in a dream, that dream seems real. You don't even question the weird things that are happening while you're in this dream, unless it becomes lucid and you wake up enough to realize you're in a dream and then you can start to control it. But the life experience is very much like uh, the matrix, a dream. And it takes a lot of realization. Okay, step back, detach and don't take offense don't get wrapped into it very hard to do and when i was young
1: Hi. i
0: had no clue i had no clue i was just getting like in the like in the ocean with the waves just washing over me and knocking me down and you can't beat the waves unless you start to flow with them and or the current in the river go with the flow and then use your ability to steer this way and that don't try to go directly against the flow. You you know, how you get rid of, out of a riptide, you go at an angle to safety. It's the same thing in life. Don't keep trying to run against the wind. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go. You got to do that detachment technique. Realize you're in the dream. Don't take whatever's happening personally and react in the most positive way possible.
1: I'm digressing here because there's so many other things I would love to talk to you about. But if we are in a dream or we are an avatar and it's a popular term manifesting, how can we create the dream or the reality that we desire?
0: You have to come to a conclusion, uh, several conclusions. First, you have to accept there is an afterlife God, guardian angels, open up, start to pray and talk to them. God, from what I understand, wants to have a personal relationship with you, with everyone. Uh, and and so opening up that channel then begins the process that you want to manifest this or that. Well, what you really want to manifest is what you came to earth to do and experience. Uh, when people just want to manifest wealth for the sake of wealth it's probably not going to work if that's not in your life path. Uh, what I have learned from many near-deathers and from mediums now who have let me into the secret of what why I'm here and what, what's going on is that you you have a life path and uh, people who have had near-death experiences where they go and they see their pre-life and, and they they talk about Well, you come down here with a plan, you go into a room, you raise your right hand, you swear to God that you're going to try to remember what it is you came here to do and to experience. That is what you want to manifest. You want to keep the promise you made before you were born, the purpose of why you're here. Very important for everybody. So once you open that channel and then make that prayer, I want to experience the things that I came in life to do earth to do i want to enjoy life god wants us to enjoy life not suffer you got to learn how to steer your boat play the hand of cards you were dealt you could win the game of poker with a pair of deuces if you know how to bluff and play your hand it's the same thing in life take what's been dealt with you and then try to manifest listen to your yourself your inner voice what you love to do do that even though it may not make sense materially uh well if i want to be an artist uh fine artist well that's a struggle and hardly anybody is successful at that i'm not even going to try no now you should try if that's what you love to do if you love to paint and so forth and uh i wish i had this knowledge many years ago when somebody asked me for advice i gave terrible advice
1: so, okay, but for one that doesn't know how to pray, perhaps me as well, and to ask the universe for to take us on our soul path and follow our passions and our journey and what we chose before our incarnations, how would we do it?
0: You just open up the channel and you have a conversation. It's not like you got to say, you know, a Hail Mary or an Our Father. It doesn't hurt to say those in general, especially if you're praying for somebody on the other side. The prayer I'm talking about in general is having a conversation with God or even other people that have passed away. I'll give you another story. This is a startling story for evidence that prayer really works, that you are heard. Uh, When I was living in North Carolina and when I go to bed at night, uh, my mom had just passed away. Uh, a year or so before, and I missed her very much, and I would pray, and I would talk to her, and I, I would invite her to sit in the golden yellow chair next to the bed, a soft, comfortable chair. I said, sit there, I'll tell you about my day, and I'll tell you about things, and I'll just let you know what's going on. And And that's what I would do. That's prayer. That's perfectly good. They hear everything, everything you think. Throughout the day, throughout your life. And so when you direct that energy, that prayer, it's really especially paid attention to. So a few years later, after that, that time, I went to see a psychic, uh, June Riggs, who was recommended by a counselor for my wife and I were having marital problems and because i had this other thing going on about something coming up in the future some destiny something that was being interfered with with the way our marriage was going she recommended going to speak to this medium so i went my wife and i went it was amazing and the first thing she said was in your final days you will be talking about spirit you will be a spiritual leader so I, this is not the first time i heard it. this is the third one that said that i mean they use the same words the first yeah. thing they said so i'm saying somebody on the other side <laughs> keeps talking to these people and telling them this it's it's way too coincidental especially since i'm in science electronics nothing to do with spiritualism yeah. um, so i said okay that's fine and then the next thing she says is your mother's here And she wants to tell you, she's been sitting in the golden yellow chair in the bedroom at night, and she's heard everything you said. How did that lady, I never spoke about, I never spoke about, not even my wife knew that. There's more rock solid evidence that what I'm telling you is real. And if you can get that in your minds, if the people of the world can raise their consciousness, accept that is the truth, know it's the truth. Will be a better planet because mm. there's, yeah.
1: there's really almost, only go sorry. ahead. No, no, no. It's almost like starting a conversation with God or with our loved ones that have transitioned.
0: Yes, it's it's just a conversation, acknowledging they're there and that God loves you and and your your, your loved ones who have passed away love you and they're on the other side connected. Anything they say, is you might as well just accept it's like coming from God because when they're in that connected state, everything was is done with intention, positive intention, and love. So you're not going to get bad advice because somebody doesn't like you over there and wants to screw you. That's not going to happen. It's going to be loving knowledge uh, that's given to you in a way that you can accept and understand and, and is helpful. And so that's that's all there is to prayer: uh, acknowledging that there is a God, a guardian angels, and then beginning a conversation with them, telling them, uh, you know, I'm unhappy because of this and that. How can I get around this? That whole thing, I cannot tell you how many times my thoughts were answered uh, in in this way. So it's some of it's almost it's comical. It's so hard to believe. You know, I'll I'll tell you on this show, I wouldn't go on a science show because they would just go, get out of here. But you have an open mind. You're at a higher consciousness level. The people that watch the show at a higher consciousness level. So sometimes I'm thinking, you know, because I'm in the struggle right now. Uh, I work on scientific things. And I get my knowledge, as has everyone before me, through a method of infusion that comes about when you get connected to God, and when you start your thinking is really kind of almost prayers in a way, so if you're trying to solve a problem and you're you know like I'm talking to Einstein like when I was reading when I was writing my book took four years to write the book, and um i'm I'm researching gravity, and I'm saying, "Come on, Al, you have to somewhere in here say." Gravity has to do with the contraction of space. Everything I've read, everything I've experienced, my math says this. So I want to find that. And I do eventually find um, in a book by Amir Excel where he where gravity is related to contraction. But that's not the end of the story. I go to a psychic, Tamara. Calder Richardson. Years later, not about the book. Not <laughs> I have a, a weird thing that happens that triggers a fear response having to do with contracting rabies. And I was afraid that I had maybe had it. And I couldn't get the, the health department to give me the shot. No, well, the circumstances are very rare, very unlikely. You're okay. Don't worry about it. Well, I was panicking. Had to find Somebody that could talk to the other side. So I, I do find that person and she alleviates that question and says, no, you're not, you're all right. You're going to be all right. And along that discussion was like a three hour. It was supposed to only be a one hour, but when the people started showing up, one of them was Albert Einstein. Um, I, You know, at that point, when that happened, she was channeling. The, the medium was channeling at this point, And it said the theory that was in my book was actually correct, which I was like, this is a hobby. I, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> so they're, they're saying that, and Albert Einstein comes aboard, and he gives me evidence that it's actually him. Because, you know, I'm still – this is kind of hard to believe. But he says to me – it's not even something he says. The the medium is saying, why is Albert Einstein going like this? And I, I get chills. I said, yeah, I know what he's saying. He's saying gravity is a contraction of space. He heard me. He heard me thinking about it all those years ago when I was writing the book. And so he sent me a message from the other side that only I would recognize as knowing that, hey, that's actually Albert Einstein here. <laughs> I better listen closely to everything he says, wow. and uh, and he did say quite a bit that day. I'll leave it at that, but I wanted to tell you that because there's more evidence that prayer, your thoughts are being heard. And I want people to know they are not alone. You know, this could help drive down the suicide rate and 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 a lot of things good things can happen if people would stop feeling like they're all alone
1: yes and and thoughts thoughts create things mark a big congratulations on your book master of reality um i'm going to move on to science in a second i've got one more question on spirituality you've noted you've noticed you say you speak about how you've noticed some sort of pattern um with near-death experiences and God, and that God is always with us or always connected with us. Do you mind just exploring a bit about that for the audience? Sure.
0: Um, There's enough, you know, it depends on your circumstances right before you die and you die, what experiences you're going to have in a near-death experiences. Typically speaking, uh, if you're an atheist, the near-death experience initially is not pleasant. Not always, though. If if you're not a seriously rock hard atheist, you have pretty much the normal experience that most people. You go up the tunnel. Not always, but there's a tunnel. There's the great light. Many people see the great light. Uh, interactions with loved ones, Jesus. Uh, one particular case. There's three people that were struck by lightning. And died at the same moment and shared the near death experience. In other words, they came back to tell the same story, seeing God, standing in front of God, and each one saw God differently. Uh, the Christian saw a Christian version, the Muslim saw a Muslim version, and the Hindu saw a Hindu version. And then as they looked at each other, they said, I can see that you're seeing this other version, but I'm seeing this one. So there's a lesson there. God is universal. And it's, you know, we're getting all wrapped up and, oh, he's this way. He's that way. He believes this. He says that. We're, we're missing the whole message. Father Rick Wendell gives the message. That this is part of the pattern. And it's a simple thing that God is love. And he says there is one commandment for man love one another if you do this all crime evaporates all wars go away all lying cheating all greed because you would never do things that would hurt people if you truly love them and, and and then he he confirms what many others confirmed and some of the people on your show you see, God claims to Father Rickman. I created the universe. All of this three-dimensional world is within God. There's a there's a key. There is within God. There is nothing outside of God. Everything within this physical universe has to correspond to laws, and God set those laws. They are immutable, as God is immutable. None of this what we see and experience is an accident. It is intentioned by God, and and so forth. Uh, time time does not really exist. You'll notice on the other side, everyone says time is all hard to explain. It's like base, the basic thing that I get is that all of time is happening at the same moment. It's eternal. There's one giant eternal moment, and we're We were born into time segments, and I cover that in the book. But he says time does not really exist. God is outside of time. Very understandable. We have a perception of time in the physical world, but that perception changes according to our circumstances. It's a relativity of time. Absolutely correct. That's the pattern. Basically, we are a part of God's dream you could say that you could call it the matrix you could call it any number them. you're really talking about the very said same thing and and it was created you know ultimately so that we could uh, have these experiences and, and and learn and uh i don't know if it's just purely for recreation that some people come down here i don't know but there's certainly a spiritual aspect, a very important one, and that's and going on at a universal scale. So this is the pattern. It's basically the universe, you know, so my theory is an intelligent design theory. So when a scientist like myself, who is a self-taught uh, metaphysician, goes about the process of studying the nature of things, I am really studying God because he's the source of all things, of everything, except our free will and thoughts. I mean, he created us, but we have the gift of free will, which is vitally important. We would not have it any other way.
1: One of my favorite subjects as well, well, I think we could talk for hours, but in the concepts of what we call time, so there is only now, is that what you're explaining? There's only, I'm talking, right. in, let's do, well, kin, let's do kindergarten here.
0: Okay. Yeah. The I like the subject of time. I, I dedicated a chapter of my book to time because it, it keeps bugging me. I, I want to understand it completely. So you, Time is two things. There's the big global time that's in the afterlife. That is ongoing. You have access to forward time, backward time, you name it. It gets a little confusing, especially for the future, because the future is in motion. So as you're talking and speaking, as people are doing things, future is shifting The reality keeps moving back and forth. This is why so many near-deathers see at an instant in time, our physical time here, they're seeing some catastrophe. The next guy sees another similar one, but it's different. The circumstances are different. Uh, That's how I kind of explain that. It's not that they're being lied to or they're making something Mm -hmm. up. It's it's shifting all the time depending on our consciousness level. If we're moving in the right direction, we can avert the catastrophe. But but what is time here? That's what I explored. And it's really simple. i equals distance equals rate over time. Simple formula. You get that in elementary school, I know to junior high, no later than that. And that implies something. You have to think about the terms of the equation. If time does is emergent, it does not exist unless there is something that must be true where you're at. And what is that thing? Space is a real thing. As soon as space emerges as something physical, material, and real, time emerges and why because it takes a certain amount of time to go to from point a to point b we always observe this to be true it takes about eight and a half minutes from light to get from the sun to the earth if there was nothing there in outer space like many physicists will swear to it would take zero time for the particles of light to get here because there's nothing there. And if you put that into the equation and you solve for time, you will see that if distance becomes zero, then time to traverse it becomes zero. And we never see that. That means that space is a real thing. And that's a basic part of my theory of super super relativity, that space is a ether a quasi-elastic solid that really exists, was formed, and may be even a part of the God consciousness. And that's, it's eternal. It is in this dimension, this physical realm. So we have time here, and we we're, we have time segments. We're in our time segment that supposedly has a name that was given to me by a government person who claims he was a um, time traveler I don't know if it's true or not I'm still debating whether I'll put that uh, video on my site Uh, interesting guy but he actually gave me the name of our time segment he he contacted me he's not on any shows he contacted me to tell me you got it right there are time segments this is our time segment number (laughs) and we are succeeding we have succeeded in time traveling But for right here, right now, in order to have the physical linear experience of time, space has to exist. It has to be a real physical thing that takes time to traverse it. Once that happens, intervals appear, we have a reality, and time works for us as we experience it here. One thing after another, events can occur in a linear fashion. And, and that's that's why we have time here, because we have space. And has to also do with the density of that space. Time flow is affected if you change the density of space uh, by using fields of force. You know, there's this, like an infinite set of possibilities. And it's entirely possible, and this is something that, you know, People who believe in quantum theory and quantum mechanics would like, say, yeah. yeah, but it's entirely possible that all of the, the possibilities are happening all at once. And we only experience one timeline, the one that we're on, regardless of how many other deviations and shifts are going on out there. We're locked into one. And our, you know we can only affect or change that one, but that doesn't mean there aren't any others, because there's as I've been come to become aware of, there's infinite amount of universes, there may be an infinite amount of dimensions, and there may be an infinite amount of timelines. God is really good at handling infinite eternal things, since He is He, She, It. I like to be personal, but, you know, respectful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) go along with what Jesus said. And he says, our father who art in heaven, if that's what he says, I'm going to go with that and um, basically say that time in the future is a tricky business, a very dangerous to try to mess with it. I believe the United States government is trying to mess with it to get an outcome they desire and this is not a part of god's plan it's a part of man's plan big mistake it's not going to work
1: <laughs> thank you mark so back to your powerful comment about the us government
0: well uh among the you know i wasn't going to put in my book uh anything having to do with stargates i was instructed by the other side who told me that they want me to do it. So I then said, well, I don't really know that much about Stargates, but I only know this one thing. If you're going to do time travel, all of time has to exist in the same moment. Otherwise, there's no way really to get to it. Uh, And the other thing is a Stargate is going to have to do something to space it's going to have to bias it in a certain way and what it's going to have to do is accelerate photons or some electromagnetic device electrons photons beyond the speed of light because space needs to oscillate at super high frequencies that don't normally occur in order to open the portal so when the stargate turns on you get this jump slip you know, from your location, dimensionally, physically, to another dimension location, either in space or in time. So I started writing that book. They gave me, I swear, they gave me clue. She says, they're, you, they're doing this because only time travel I knew about was uh, magnetic resonant technology. Philadelphia experiment, Montauk uh, experiments, uh, where they use high-powered electro uh, electromagnets to create a resonant field that would open a portal through time and dimension. I was familiar with that, but I was told that that's been abandoned that route has been abandoned. They're using something now called. Uh, oh, why are, why is this always escaped my Fractal lenses. I never heard of a fractal lens, so the the medium (laughs) doesn't know anything. She said they're they're using something called fractal lenses. I have no idea what that is. So I go back to writing my book, and I look up fractal lenses to see if something like that exists, and it does. And and coincidentally, fractal lenses are made from metamaterials. So here we are back-connected. There's a connection here from metamaterials, time travel faster than light. So the thing that projects the photons, because you have a metamaterial called a fractal lens, that when light shines through it, compresses the frequency because it's increasing the rate of its motion. Imagine in your mind's eye, you got a sine wave, you know, you got a frequency of 100 hertz, Imagine it goes by you at one second at a time. It's 100 hertz. Now imagine that thing, same frequency is going by you in one millionth of the time. What happens to the frequency? It goes, shrinks because it's moving by you quicker, right? Shrinks. And now you have this very compressed frequency of something moving very fast. That's what's got to happen. That's what happens through the metamaterials, the fractal lenses that they're using in conjunction with high-frequency sound and some other stuff. That's my would be my design based on my knowledge of how to manipulate time and space. I'm surprised I don't get interrupted here when I'm talking about this.
1: No, I'm not going to um, interrupt you. <laughs> no, oh, I'm
0: talking about them. The technology. <laughs> you know. Yeah, the, another glitch.
1: So, from what uh, I understand about Stargate, it was more consciousness-based, so remote viewing and things like that. But you're talking more in physical terms, physical time travel, not well, mental time travel, yeah. not through consciousness.
0: My book, my book deals with this universe, and the metaphysical aspects, properties, and things. I don't really talk much about not in this book about the spiritual realm but there is that method too remote viewers um, that when you jump into that mode you you become outside of time right your your consciousness becomes outside of time so that you can slip and jump into the future the past
1: time travel is possible and certain governments are potentially working on it or experimenting with it.
0: Yeah. I, I don't like it. Especially I don't like going into the past and trying to manipulate things that have already happened.
1: I think it's so it's not dangerous. necessarily for the benefit of humanity.
0: No, it's for the benefit of the people who, who the dark government, whatever you call that, whatever they're, I they just don't know how organized they are and how powerful, I know they're powerful, but I don't know if they're fully organized. I feel that they're probably controlling the news, the media. I have evidence of that and knowledge of that. Uh, so how far reaching they are, I'm not sure. The guys that are into time travel and all of that stuff, they have their own agenda. And there's people out there that claim that, you know, they've made technology and they've traveled through time and they've done all these stuff. I keep an open mind to it. I have not personally experienced anything more than what I've read about, and it's in my book. Um, just to warn, I guess people need to know this, need to become aware of this, that that this is something that's probably happening, because the other side wouldn't have tied me up into it and got me into that. Uh, and, you know, I had the time explanation in my book laid out very well uh, I was just I'm very you know I don't really like him going back in time I'm not, not so bothered about the future time but <laughs> I I just don't believe it's morally right to go back and try to change the cards that have been played um, it bothers me <laughs> at some deep level.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. I've got two more questions. I won't keep you too much longer. Um, First of all, where's the best place for people to connect with you?
0: Oh, My website, uh, uh, www.super-relativity.com, super-relativity.com. I got all the stuff, the links right on the front page is a series of buttons that you can go to my YouTube page become a subscriber sign up for that i have shows like this on there Uh, if you grant me permission i'll I'll put a copy of it there
1: and i will leave a link below in the show notes thank you i know you've talked about well how does the universe how did the universe begin and how will it end
0: i got three chapters on that yes that's a big subject i'll try to condense it down here uh so we can fit it in in a few minutes but basically God creates all the universes and there's been near deathers who've seen that I've talked to them personally to see what they had to say Uh, but leaving the divine and going to the actual mechanics that's where I pick up so you kind of have to like read the mind of God or know his thoughts as Einstein said in order to get that. And what I've come to the conclusion here is that in the beginning, the ma- all the mass and energy was created by the divine and compressed into something called the cosmic egg, a massive black hole, what we would call it from our perspective. A massive black hole made of something. Uh, scientists misinterpret what a black hole is. That black hole is made of solid neutronium neutrons just neutrons compacted together at incredible densities when you have enough of it the pressure becomes so great in the center of this cosmic age which is light years in size across of neutronium with all the matter and all the energy required for this particular universe that pressure causes great heat trillions of degrees And then the expansion occurs the explosion what comes out neutron plasma and neutronium spheres neutronium spheres are small super dense objects that wind up creating the stars the galaxies and the planets so what i'm saying very this is this is nobel prize worthy right here this really is going to get proven i am absolutely sure it's right that Within the Earth is a small neutronium sphere, rock solid, very dense. It attracted all the hydrogen. The hydrogen, when the solar system was forming, the sun has a neutronium sphere. It attracted all its gases, started the fusion process, but you need a great, powerful gravitational source to gather the gas, overcome its resistance to coming together because its electromagnetic force is stronger than its gravitational field particles of gas hydrogen will never come together unless it's compressed by a strong gravitational field how do i know that stars have a gravitational field or a neutronium core because every time one blows up the thing left behind is a neutronium star a neutron star every time And if it's not a neutron star, it's a black hole. It's just the neutron star that's eight or so solar masses larger than a typical star. And when they're that heavy, they go black, they go dark because the gravity is so strong. That is someday going to be proven. When? I don't know, but I am so rock solid sure that That's the way it works. And that's how the whole galaxy is formed, a whole universe is formed. Because these, and the whole key, the whole trick to discovering this, because I started studying the neutron because there was an anomaly with it. If you take a neutron and you take it into outer space all by itself and leave it alone, within 15 minutes, it turns into a proton and electron. Why is that significant? Is that an accident? No. It needs to do that. Why? Because in the beginning of time, when the universe explodes and you have nothing but the basic material which you need to build a universe, which is neutrons, the neutron turns, when it's isolated, into a proton and electron. And what is that? Hydrogen. Now the universe has got the fuel to build itself. Perfectly designed because the neutron will not be stable when it's by itself. But on the other hand, when it's next to other neutrons, it's stable for the length of an entire lifetime of the universe, billions of years. When it's near inside of elements like uh, hydrogen or or heavier ones, gold, platinum, silver, uh, it's stable. It doesn't decay because it needs in that situation not to. But in this one unique situation at the beginning of the universe, that neutron, the only thing there is, decays into hydrogen, and now the hydrogen can be fused into helium, can be fused into oxygen, can be fused into carbon, build the rest of the universe from these neutronium spheres that compact the gases, hydrogen, and form all the elements, everything we need to build the universe and to have life on a planet. Everything, we have all the elements in the periodic table right here on Earth. How did that happen? Did they just fall out of the sky? I don't think so. They were built right here at the center of the Earth. That's the theory is as short as I could cut it.
1: Fascinating. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience on a final note? I haven't asked you.
0: Well, I, I would just say follow the, uh, follow the advice of Father Rick Wendell. Uh, love one another. If you do that, you'll be on the right path and the world will be a much happier, better place.
1: Ah, Great way to end the show, Mark. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest.
0: Thank you. I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe.